One guy's seen it, the other guy hasn't. First guy's gonna tell the second guy all about it. While they both get drunk. All right, welcome to One Guy's Seen It, the only podcast where one guy has seen the movie, the other guy has not seen the movie, and the first guy is going to try to convince that second guy to see the movie. If he succeeds, they'll take a break, watch the movie, come back, nerd out about the movie, and decide how many beers you need to enjoy the movie, all while getting more and more drunk, because that's what they want to do, man. And without any further ado, rigmarole, hoopla, or ballyhoo, let's get into it. Sumner, give me the skinny... (laughs) Hey, how's it, how's it, how's it going? <laughs> Every fucking time. You're, now you're just fucking with me. Yeah. I, <laughs> my dad does that to me all the time. He's like, uh, what does he say? Cause he, I know he says it to you too. It's like, uh, uh, what, what's good or like something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Just like when he answers the phone? Yeah, he's like, um... Oh god, I can't even think of what it is. But it's like, wait, like, give me the skinny. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, <laughs> I'm here, I'm here right like, what's, now. What's going on? I feel like he says, "What's going on?" all the time. Yeah. No, he, he says something really specific, and I can't think of what it is. But anyway, doesn't doesn't matter. I'll think of it in the well, middle of something else. Okay, so so you're so you're saying that that's your that's your new thing now. When 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 I ask you what the skinny is, yeah. Hey, what like, what did I, you say? I was like, was it, yeah, good. <laughs> You should just like, well, yeah, like just like really stressed out that you've been yeah. asked the question. Yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's fine. Just, just like someone that's been in a cave for six years and hasn't had any human interaction. That's my reaction. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm doing, doing really good. Um, I've been playing a lot of uh, Resident Evil 4, the remake. Um, Ooh. Because finally have an Xbox One X and can can do that stuff. Oh, does now. it look beautiful? Does it look gorgeous? It's, have you gotten a 4K TV? No, no. Uh, but you can't even appreciate the raw <laughs> power of the Xbox you, Series X. I, I still feel like you can. It's pretty pretty unbelievable. I've I don't know. I've never really seen anything quite like it. Uh, like even like Red Dead Two was like I don't know. It's like a little more. It's just. It's it's hard to explain. So like every little fiber, every little like, like you can see the irises and like the little like details in the eyes. It's yeah, uh, it's something else. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's um, it's different though. Um, I went back and watched a bunch of the uh, comparison videos about the story, and um, mm-hmm. I, I know there's some detours, but I'm only on chapter three, I think. So I'm working my what way. What I remember to it. is that the the most like 99% of the updates were all great. They were for the better, but there were a few things like certain ca- like the one thing I remember everybody couldn't let go of was that the merchant's voice is different. Yeah, like and it just takes away the perfect like cheese campiness from him that he that was such a hit in the original game. <laughs> you know who voiced him? Uh-uh. The guy that voiced Leon in the the first game. Oh, weird. Yeah, I wouldn't have expected that. I just heard that little bit of trivia the other day. That's pretty cool trivia. <laughs> yeah, dude, what a what a month to to man, I fucking love I love October. It is like yeah. it is my favorite month of the year for a variety of reasons. For one, it starts to cool off just a little bit here yeah. in Texas. But also, okay, variety of reasons. So for one, for whatever reason, this is like the time of year that everybody starts to 
like I get a lot of gigs in October, like like rehearsal dinners and like corporate functions. And so it's usually a good money month for me. But um, but also you got Halloween coming up. So all the fucking horror flicks are back on all the streaming services popping up all over the place. Oh, yeah. And I mean, it's it's fucking college football. It's like peak college football. <laughs> October is the best month out of the year, hands down. <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I've been noticing it. Like, you ever get that um, that like feeling in your gut when the like the weather starts to change and you like, like you feel like different. <laughs> like yes, in you your feel look. different. You feel holiday possibilities. You feel the warmth. It's of like the you can smell around you. Smell the air for the first time, like since the beginning of the yes. year. It's a weird, yes. weird feeling. And, and people that work at convenience stores are in a better mood. Um, mm. It's you know it's just it's better all over all around um, yeah and i am i'm very excited because today i am the guy who's seen it always a special treat a special pleasure <laughs> pleasurable treat now it's well that sounded weird but it's a treat <laughs> for me to be the guy who's seen it um oh wait what are we drinking what are we drinking we gotta oh, do it i'm drinking a sapporo drinking a Big old beer, but I'm like, I got a little tiny glass for it, so I feel fancy. Ooh, big, big old beer and a little tiny glass. No, wait, what's the the Tommy Boy? A fat, fat guy, guy and a little coat. <laughs> we went to. Was a, it you that was? Was it you that was telling me the other day that he was supposed to originally voice uh, Shrek? Yeah, was that you yeah. that told me that? Oh yeah, I I, I think maybe we were together or we were talking or something when I, I looked up like some of the original voice recordings of him trying out and oh my god that movie would have been so weird with him as shrek I yeah just, ugh, like it's so strange to listen to on youtube yeah it's it's weird too because i feel like he connects with the character probably more than mike myers does in a in a lot of those scenes uh just based on the subject matter and uh I, that's just the vibe i get but um i think he would have brought a different different element to it more dramatic <laughs> tone to it yeah 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 but Shrek is such a meme ingrained into the internet culture now that it's like it, it'd be weird. It'd be yeah, it'd be very bizarre. It'd be living it's in a funny, very different Kaylee, world. Yeah, Kaylee just started watching it again the other day, and it's been a while since I'd seen it outside of you know just memes or whatever. And oh. I, I didn't realize how man like the animation does not hold up. I really thought in the first it movie? would. Yeah, like even compared to the second and third one, like the animation got so much better. Uh, yeah. It, it's almost it has a certain charm to it, but it it I thought I thought it would hold up better than it does. Yeah, there's something with those side characters. They have like those dead eyes. Uh, yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Like the major characters look good, but like there are some side characters where it's like, you know, like that animator thing where it's just like it doesn't seem like a real. It's like an uncanny valley kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I interrupted you. We were talking about Tommy Boy. Oh, um. Oh yeah, what was I saying? Oh, um, oh, just about my my beer thing. I, oh yeah, Sapporo. Yeah, we went to like a weird, um, well not a weird. We went to a udon restaurant and like had um, uh, it's like a like a soup, uh, based thing, and uh, they gave you like a tiny little glass for your, for your beer, so you kind of like drink it in little little spurts. I liked it a lot, which and, makes it feel way more fancy. Yeah, I can like. Uh, I don't feel like I'm chugging it. Yeah, I feel like a, a king or a prince or something. A prince? You feel like a sickly, sickly child king? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit at a time. 
Well, I have got one for you today. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, You're kicking off yeah. Spooky Month. Yes, it's Spooky Month, and it is going to be a spooky movie, if that's okay with you. Hell yeah. I feel, I feel like we should do nothing but spooky movies all month. That's all I got uh, on the lineup. Okay, so it's a 2008 horror mystery thriller. Shocker, I know. Um, okay. Directed by Brian Bertino. Okay. And it stars Scott Speedman. Liv oh, Tyler okay. and Gemma Ward. You know what it is? Oh, um, no. Really? Liv Tyler, Scott Speedman, no bells being Liv, rung? Uh, Liv Tyler sounds like it could be something, but I'm getting her mixed up, I think, with Kate Beckinsale. It was like an underworld movie or something. That's, but. that's fair. That's fair. Okay, so I'll give you the plot. Um, okay. So a young couple staying in an isolated vacation home are terrorized by unknown assailants. Oh, um, God, I feel like I know it. You feel like you know it, and do you feel like you've seen it? No, I don't think I've seen it, but... Um, really? Oh, that would be so awesome. That would just make my day. <laughs> it, there was this weird movie, I think, that came out in 06 with Luke Wilson and, and a Liv Tyler type. I can't remember her name, but it was called, like, Vacancy or something like that. And I can't... Mm -mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm sorry. So I'll I'm tell just you, spinning I'll my tell wheels. You the, I'll tell you the name of the movie. It is okay. called The Strangers. Have you seen it? No. And I yes. think you told me about this movie before, but I haven't seen it. Have? Oh, have I now? <laughs> I uh, think this, so. This is awesome. This is a quintessential spooky movie for me. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I used to watch it like annually. Um, in fact, it's one of the very few movies I actually own on DVD. DVD. Um, and I think I was gifted at like a, I don't even know. I was at like some kind of white elephant or something and I ended up with it oh. and was really hyped. Um, this came out in 08? Yeah, 08. Who's Scott um, Speedman? I feel like it sounds familiar. Scott, yeah, Scott Speedman. I'm pretty sure he was like a big TV actor. Uh, here, okay. Let me, let, me, let me look at him. Hold on. And I mean, what a what a name, you know? What a, what Scott, a name. <laughs> Scott Speedman. You remember The yeah. Rock? I, what, what was his name? Um, like Speedman or... Oh, wait, no, I'm fucking thinking of Tropic Thunder. God damn it, Tug Speedman. <laughs> Tug Speedman. Yeah, hey, you know, it's funny. You were you were getting Liv Tyler. You know, there's some weird, like, uh, movie uh, mixed-uppery jargon going on in your brain because Scott mm -hmm. Speedman was in all the Underworld movies with Kate Beckinsale. Was he really? <laughs> he was, like, her co-star. Yeah. That was a weird thing of phonetic that I had no idea <laughs> anything about. Yeah, so he was he was a big uh, Grey's Anatomy guy. He played Doctor oh, okay. Nick Nick Marsh for thirty two episodes. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I, I haven't seen that much of Grey's Anatomy, so maybe I haven't seen him. Yeah, he's he's got one of those standard hot white guy faces. <laughs> um, standard white guy face. Yeah, yeah. Was he yeah. in? Was he in uh, Euphoria by chance? Does it say on his IMDb? I don't. I sorry, I don't know. If seen, I have only seen the pilot of Euphoria. I, I just. Oh. I, I. I don't know yeah. how to explain it. Maybe it was just the time period that I tried to start watching it. But I, by the end of that first episode, I was just like, Ugh. No, and I was. I, just, no, I didn't have it in me. I'm with you. I powered through the first season, and um, I think there's a lot to appreciate, but there's a lot I didn't like about it too. Like I was just yeah. like. It just pissed me off a lot of the a lot of the material in it, but it might it might sound silly, but I think that Euphoria coming out and becoming popular was right about the time I realized I was getting old, 
where like <laughs> I couldn't force myself, even though I knew it was about to become like the youth zeitgeist, whatever, yeah. like pinnacle. I just couldn't. I just didn't have the energy. And I was like, yeah, I'm officially getting old that like I yeah. could watch this and, and know what the kids are saying. And I just don't want to know. I don't care. It, the thing with it too it was like it became very soap opery very quickly and um there's a lot of cool stuff that they touch on and like it's done really well but there are just parts of it where it's just like it's like this is just reality and it's like it's so dramatic and so over the top it was just it's so annoying and mm -hmm. they're like and it's like i think it's just like the intention is like claiming it's like the norm this is like what kids go through now kind of thing and I just, I just love all the memes on TikTok where it's like, it's like some dude in his car. He's like, what? You don't smoke crystal meth before class? He's like, all right, later, loser. It's just like ripping apart like the um, cliches of that show. It's just, it's just like <laughs> everybody's like strung out and crazy and really over dramatic and stuff. I don't know. It's um, Get it, man. The kids are going through a lot these days. Yeah, but I think it's like even kids are like, you know, it's like, what the fuck? This is it's too much even for me. <laughs> but well, anyway, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you have not seen this. Um, I guess I can give you a little bit of trivia, a little bit yeah. of trivia about it before we get going. So um, this is interesting, and I it's interesting that I never really n noticed this before. But I guess the entire movie was shot with nothing but handheld cameras or steady cams. So every single shot has some movement. To make it feel oh. spooky, spooky, <laughs> spooky, like a born, born identity. Yeah, well, not. I don't <laughs> think it's gonna be that crazy, but. Um, okay, so some more trivia here. According okay. to director Brian Bertino, this film is partially based on an incident that he actually experienced as a child. Um, oh. But I can't tell you what okay. the experience is because that would give away the movie. I'm sure there's some heightened elements to it. Yeah, yeah. As long as um, this is not like the fourth kind that you showed me. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, no, it's not the fourth kind. Although, if you want to watch the fourth <laughs> kind instead, I, you know I'm down. Fuck no, you can't pay me enough to watch that movie again. <laughs> <laughs> That's another Ooh. like lady that kind of looks like the other two. Mila Jovovich, she's kind of in that. Yeah. She, women that look like that. Yeah, she fits in there. Um, <laughs> and she's in the Resident Evil movies. So there's another yes, which, series of horror I still kind of want to go, because you, did you, I remember I had it on one time when you and Andy came over, the original Resident Evil. Have you seen it all the way through? Uh, no, I, I've seen Afterlife, I think, the one where they're in the desert. Oh my God, well we have to do a one guy's seen it on the first Resident <laughs> Evil. You can't be I such just, a super fan. That's the only good uh, movie. It's the only I've good seen, one. Yeah, yeah. I, I love, I love the video games so much because it's, you know. It's puzzle, it's horror, it's campy, it's amazing. It's incredible. But Resident Evil 4 is the best. Resident Evil 4 is as good as it gets in terms of campy story, and they can't even get that right in the but, Afterlife one. But, but Mila Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> Me. Yeah, she's no Leon Kennedy. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Mila Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> that's, the, that's the funniest thing I've ever said. Oh god! So, oh, sorry. This is one one last thing I wanted to wanted to mention to you because I was I was thinking about it and I was like, this would have been a would have been a great one guy seen it episode. But we we'd watched it. Um, so I have that Criterion Channel um, subscription, mm -hmm. 
and they did a um, 90s like horror movie retrospective and they had the fal- the faculty on there. And oh, I was like, hell oh. yeah. And I was like, I remember watching that and it was so much fun to watch. With yes, you. dude. And it, it, it gets better with age. Yeah. I have to do a one guy scene at retrospective and go back and watch it. Yeah, we got to figure out ways to do episodes. I don't know what we, if we have to make them special episodes or whatever. We have to figure out ways to do episodes on movies we've both already seen that we just want to revisit because, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I would I, definitely I, go back and watch that one. Yeah, faculty's a banger. Um, <laughs> okay, let me give you a couple more little pieces of trivia, and then we got to hop into this thing. Okay. Um, so this is my personal favorite piece of trivia about this movie. <laughs> Kurt okay. Russell, Kurt Russell, the actor... Ooh says that this movie always scares him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, think about it. Like, what what scares Kurt Russell? I mean... <laughs> Stranger. It's the only thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is kind of cool, uh, too. So many theaters across the United States were sent faulty reels of the movie that contained oh. sound problems which made a few minutes to several scenes of the movie filled with nothing but static. But most audiences didn't realize the sound was an issue since the, you know, dark overtones and loud background music makes uh-huh. it made the static seem like part of the movie. And some people <laughs> that were interviewed claimed that it actually added to the experience. <laughs> or it was, it was so bad that they didn't notice. They were just tuned out. Yeah, it's probably, hey, you know what? Don't talk <laughs> shit. You haven't even seen it yet. I know, sorry. Just wanted to wanted to jab you. Wanted to throw you a barb. Yeah, yeah, bar, yeah, barb, yeah, barber. <laughs> um, oh, hey, this is interesting. Liv Tyler was suffering from tonsillitis during the shooting. Oh, tonsillitis. Poor, poor Liv. Yeah. Well, I, a lot of this trivia is, is just bullshit. Um, <laughs> let me see here. I feel bad for Liv Tyler just knowing that her dad is Steven Tyler. Like, can you imagine like the shit that she's been through? Yeah, just imagine Steven Tyler trying to hang out with you. <laughs> that sounds awful. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love, uh, sorry, this is unrelated to Liv Tyler, but I love when you get deep in, in the like IMDb <laughs> trivia. You uh-huh. get down toward the bottom and it's all like the downvoted trivia. Just like yeah. random <laughs> shit people have written. Like, uh, this is... One of the ones at the very bottom is Mike's car is a Jeep Cherokee. It has 39 <laughs> down votes. <laughs> on like, the odometer. <laughs> on the odometer, Mike has 65,415 miles. <laughs> Little known fact for you. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, well, I, I love all that like user uploaded trivia because it's just some stupid ass shit that somebody throws on there. Yeah, and I maybe I shouldn't be using IMDb trivia as a source because I guess there's That's not what really I any way to verify any of this. <laughs> yeah. I only yeah, I mean like the top voted stuff is usually good. Like it's like got some source behind it. Right. Because there's okay, a bunch well, of like weird movie people that are like, oh, I know, I've heard that somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize that IMDb was the first website, first public website. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I learned that the other other day too, and I was like, oh, that was not what I expected it to be. Yeah, it's, it's be like pretty awesome, man. It validates our work, though, you know? Yeah. What was it, 1993? The first one to go why? Yeah, something? something like that. I mean, it's just funny that that's the first thing people could think of as a real use for the internet. You know what? I, I get it, though, because if I couldn't look up who an actor was and I just had to sit with it until it came to me one day, 
I don't want to blow my fucking head off. <laughs> it sounds like an awful existence. I watch too many movies. I'm like, I know I've seen them in something. I swear to God. Yeah. Well, speaking of heads being blown off and gore and spookiness, oh. let's watch this movie. All right. The Strangers. Yeah. The Strangers. So I have no idea where to watch it, but we will be back <laughs> with One Guy Seen It. You've been listening to One Guy Seen It. And remember, when you hear that trumpet solo thingy, madoodle, uh, spoilers are on the way. So prepare yourselves. Pause it. Do whatever you got to do. Come back. Watch the movie. Um, we'll be back. We love you. This is One Guy Seen It. All right, we are back with one guy seen it, The Stranger. Sumner, you have now seen it. Give me I've the now skinny. seen it. Um, well, I was just curious while I was watching this. Wait, what, what, what do you love about this movie specifically? Okay, I, I thought I thought you would ask. So <laughs> there there are a lot of things I love about this movie, and a lot of them a lot of them are intangible. I, they really are. Um, so sort of at its core I think what I love about this movie is that there's nothing there's nothing particularly supernatural going on it's like what's happening isn't even really intelligent in any way it's just three <laughs> fucking people terrorizing for the sake of terrorizing and I feel like because of that sort of all bets are off right like it removes any formula and and like honestly it's it's kind of when you think about it, it's really risky on the part of the perpetrators because they they obviously they they catch this couple unassuming and they can kill them very quickly and easily, but they choose to draw it out and terrorize them as long as possible. And it doing that introduces so many variables, right? Like I know as far as like the psychology of the killers is concerned, that's part of the joy of it, right? But it's it's risky as fuck and it it gives the victims an edge in that way. And like you know, if you're if you're Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman in this situation, like you realize pretty early on, these people are taking their sweet time. And if you're just fucking patient and and like rational about the situation, you really can use that against them. Um, but I mean, that's OK. I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here, but like I think, you know, it's funny when I think about the first time that I saw this movie, I was I was young. OK. And and I'd I'd probably seen a few a few scary movies, but I've seen so many more horror movies, and especially so many more slasher flicks in between the first time I saw this movie and now. Yeah. And and there are so many things that about this movie that aren't that aren't game changers in any way. But it's like I think it's the intangibles. Like I for whatever reason, I, I really love the first third of the movie. Like, I, I don't know if it's it's the way that it's shot. I, I feel like, like, for whatever reason, since the first time I saw it, Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman in this movie, like, their chemistry feels real to me. Like, it... it, yeah. it I, I love the beginning of the movie. I love the setup. I... And, and, okay, so this movie, for the record, has one of my favorite scenes in horror movie history... And I mean, like I said, I've seen a lot of scary movies, but I will never forget seeing this in theaters. And like the first time the dude with the mask kind of creeps up in the background in the shadows while Liv Tyler is like at the sink smoking a cigarette like early on in the movie. Yeah. Um, 
I remember, I vividly remember people's reactions in the theater because it took a second for people to see him. And there was this really weird thing that happened where like different groups in the theater gasped, but not at the same time. It's like people were seeing him at different times. And there was this weird like, uh, like jagged gasps coming from the crowd. And I remember being a kid and like I was late I was late to see to see him. And yeah. Anyway, like I don't know what it is. Every time I see this movie, it just God, it gives me chills every time. Just him kind of <laughs> creeping into view. And I know, yeah. I know a lot of the shit is cheesy, but like I just man, like I could talk about this movie for an hour straight. So I, I should let yeah. you talk for a second. <laughs> well, I uh, I just wanted to start by saying I love you. I love you so much. Hey, and I, I told you it, <laughs> I didn't say it was a good movie. I just said that I love it. And while, while I was watching this, I was like, I was I was just tickled because I'm like, this is such a Jeff pick. Oh come on! <laughs> because I know because because that movie I was bitching about in the first part, the fourth kind, was um was one of those movies for me where you were so in love with the idea when you first saw the movie that you were like, this is the greatest thing. It's not the greatest <laughs> thing ever, but it's the greatest thing ever. And if you could just see it the way that I see it, you would love it so much. <laughs> and I've got to say, this is one of the worst fucking things I think I've ever seen. Oh, come on. Really? I won't, I won't say it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Cause it's not true, but, um, it's, uh, it was so fucking bad. Hey, maybe I just didn't give you. Maybe, maybe I made the I I, I set the expectations too high. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was I was going in with a different different mindset, but um, I think it's one of those things, right? It's like movies that you love when you're a kid, you always love them, right? Like I can yeah. understand having seen this for the first time now at at 29 years old, thinking, okay, this is forgettable, but I think that it was like. I don't know if it was one of the first like R-rated movies I ever saw or one of the first like slasher movies that I that I like that really stuck in my mind cuz you're probably always, like 13 or 14 when Yeah, this came I was out? a kid is 008. So I was in the I was in the 8th grade. Yeah. And like I I just remember thinking because like I sort of grew up with with cheesy slasher flicks that my dad liked. And, and it felt, I don't know if, if it was just like a symptom of the time and like the shaky cameras and the whatever, but like at the time it felt like a way more visceral, real horror movie to me. Like and it felt like what Halloween was in the seventies. It felt like it was like your version, like in the, yeah, yeah. And it was one of those movies that like, I was excited to invite my friends over and show them, yeah. um, like one of those kind of things, but really going back and watching it in, in a critical way. Like, I, I completely understand why you would hate everything <laughs> about this movie, but I'm always yeah. going to love it, and it's all nostalgia, and it's all sentimental <laughs> for me. So that, yeah. I hope that sort of explains away why I was excited to watch this with you. No, no, but, that's um, fine. And I, I, I will say, I was, I was being a little salacious saying it's the worst thing I've ever seen. It was just like, it was like, I, I didn't expect it to be as bad bad as it was I guess. <laughs> best way i can say it it was just well you know because it's like the first part of the movie 
caught me off guard a little bit because it was like, it was like, you know, they, they come back from like a dinner and he had like just proposed to her and the movie just opens on this really awkward car ride home where they're just sitting there in utter silence and Which don't I know how love. to communicate. I love it. I love it so much. I love the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, it's like for like the first 20 to 30 minutes, it's just, it's really awkward. You don't really know what's going on. And he's like, he's got like champagne and rose petals like all over the house when they come back. Cause he thought she was going to say yes to his marriage proposal. Uh huh. And then it just, um, it just kind of like, it kind of goes from there. So I was just, I was curious about your impression of the, the first part. Was it the acting or just the, uh, the vibe you get because the movie just takes place in one area pretty much except for like whatever they were at beforehand right right i think i think that why i i love it so much more than other i guess you could say kind of slashers that are in this this genre is mm -hmm. I, I think even even as an as an well let me put it this way like as an eighth grader right like they seemed like such adults and yeah. like they were they were dealing it just it wasn't it caught me off guard even as a kid, like, like trying to understand like what was going on at the beginning of the movie. I, I thought it was just an unconventional way for for a, a, like a slasher movie to start, and it very you know most of the time when you go in to a slasher and everything's peachy at the beginning while the characters are living their lives or whatever, like you know, all right, you're, you're just kind of waiting for the ball to drop. And the right. movie, and what I'll give this this movie credit for is that like. And it's different because I, I can't go back to seeing it for the first time. But I remember seeing it for the first time and having completely forgotten that I was watching a horror movie. Like yeah. I, I was really I was really invested in them and what was going on because it seemed like this complicated relationship and and I, yeah. I you know, as a as a kid I think I had a little crush on Liv Tyler and and, and oh, might yeah. have forgive, think, forgiven yeah. any bad acting because you know, Lord of the <laughs> well, Rings she was, and she was good. Like I think she was obviously trying to give everything she got. <laughs> everything she had yeah 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 and you know it's first of all how do you turn down a marriage proposal from scott speedman the most attractive actor of all time <laughs> i kept, I he was, kept reminding me of frank west from dead rising i don't know why if it was oh. like a chin dimple yeah totally like something with the the sideburns and <laughs> i just yeah, wish it almost seemed like they modeled frank west after him it really it was really strange yeah it was like i also got like chandler bing vibes even though he didn't do anything chandler bing like at all <laughs> I don't know what it was. He was just a, a Chandler Bing type, I suppose. Hey, all I'm saying is, first thing I remember knowing, that yeah. lonesome whistle blowing. That was one of my favorite. I was literally, Andy and I were both singing that song when it came up. I was like, yeah, I was like oh, man. this takes me back. It's like, cause we, I like... I like the use of the record player all throughout, like not only as, as sort of the soundtrack of the early movie, but just as an instrument of horror. Like, cause there's, there's not really your classic big, you know, string stabs and, and, yeah. you know, horror movie music. It's all kind of the creepiness of the vinyl player for the first <clears throat> half of the movie, which, which yeah. even now, even on the rewatch, I still love Yeah, atmosphere. There's tons of atmosphere, but I, I, I did... So like there's that part of the beginning where they're playing something on the record player, which I'm pretty sure is not Merle Haggard, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't remember, but 
I don't think so. There was like one song that that Liv Tyler plays when Scott Speedman like goes to the grocery store or whatever and leaves her alone for some dumb reason for a few minutes, <laughs> and she like puts on this. Creepy He's like, I'm going old... for a drive. In the yeah, I'm going for a drive at four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, um, I just need to clear my yeah. head. Right. No, yeah, and then we can like, get into all the continuity issues and ridiculousness. I'm really so excited many. about all that. It's there's unbelievable. So <laughs> <laughs> oh um, my god. But I can't remember what it was a really creepy song with like a like a it almost sounded like a little girl's voice. Yeah. Um during that section. I don't know what the first song that he puts on is, but I like I like the I like let me have my little things that I like. Okay? <laughs> don't ruin my little things, okay? My 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 movie. <laughs> But yeah, and then the like the record keeps looping when they like break in at the at the beginning of the movie. Well, kind of break in, I guess. They just kind of appear and then disappear, which is one of the things I was like when that first scene happened with the one you were talking about where he shows up in the background with the mask on and everything, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. that's actually really creepy." That was actually right? kind of right? cuz I was it like, stands out. It's that's the scene that stands out. It really does. Yeah, cuz I'm like I'm I think there are like a couple things that are like like big buttons for me when it comes to horror, like things that like genuinely disturb me. And it's, I think it's, well, animals dying, like animals getting killed. Like I, I hate, like it immediately skews me out. And then like when parents have to watch their children die in horror movies, I hate it. I hate it so much. It really <laughs> disturbs me. But home invasion is another big one. Like it really, it's like, cause it's like, it's like within the realm of possibility it could happen. So Right. So apparently was, it really did happen. It's apparently, yeah. <laughs> apparently <it> really <laughs> happened. Although none of the details of what actually occurred are known. I I did think that was funny too when the opening is happening. They have the they have the text and usually in a movie it's like it's just the text and like you have to read it. But there's the narrator reading on top of it. Like I it's love like a it. bad movie from the eighties or something. Like, in early autumn of 1945. <laughs> Dude, that's what I it's, it, See, it sucks. It's like all the things that make this a bad movie are the things that I love about it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, but, well, I guess to go back to the beginning, because there's so much about that that worked, because I think that it set the tone well, and I was like, okay, like this is going to like, like this is going to get really bad in like a couple of scenes. Like it's going to be really disturbing. And I was like, I was like, there's got to be a reason because there was a moment where she hangs on like after he leaves and it's like, I'm going to go drive the car around for a bit. And she's like looking at the wall and then there's all these um, like kids height on the wall that she's like looking at for a minute. Yeah. So I was like, so I was like, it's obviously not them because they're like not even married yet. Or I mean, I guess it could be, but they don't have two kids. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. So it's like, you know, just somebody who lived here previously. And then it gets revealed later, I guess that it's like, his dad's house or something like that was yeah it's his that. family it's his family vacation home yeah so that was like him yeah. and his brother's heights as they were growing up but which is like you don't know that at the time so you think it's like oh okay that's a weird detail why would you throw that in and then it's like right it's like ah you know it's it's his house i guess <laughs> i don't know <laughs> so i don't know and then he's like he's like drinking the bottle of champagne like <laughs> the bottle like painfully and then um Oh yeah, and then the girl comes like, and they're gonna like reconcile for a second and like have sex again at yeah. the beginning of the movie. Makeup sex. I was very disappointed. I'm always so yeah. disappointed. Well, the thing that always bugs me about that in the movie is that the girl comes to the door and they're like obviously creeped out. It's like, is Tamara here? And they're like, no, you got the wrong house. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I do. And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. She's like, 
all right, see you later. And I love it. I love that scene so much. I love it so much. I love it so much. It's so fucking weird. I, like, I love so that she unscrewed dumb. the light bulb. Oh, come on. The unscrewing of the light bulb I thought was cool. That was that was a nice detail. But I was like, he was like, hold on, is this fucking... Th if he had just, like, reached over and just started doing it, I thought that would have been funny. And she's like, no, no, no. And she, like, ran away. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of, like, why wouldn't you... So, so look, one thing that's... Okay, okay. One thing that's always pissed me off about this movie, and I guess it's this way with a lot of slasher movies... Where, like, obviously, like, victims never do what you want them to do. And my first thought yeah. was, like, as, as soon as she realizes that they're in the house, they've taken her cell phone, they've cut the landline, and she right. realizes that they're in the home. Like, why would you not? So my, my, my thought is always, run like, why away? would you not? Well, why would you not just, like, run to a bathroom, like, find a place in the house where it's, it's sort of a one-way situation? You know, she's already got the big kitchen knife at that point. And it's like, if you've already come to terms with the fact that whoever's doing this, like, they're mm -hmm. just trying to terrorize you, right? So yeah. you, you get yourself in a closed space, a closed off space, and you've got a big ass fucking butcher knife. Just mm -hmm. put yourself in a situation where, like, if they're in the house and they don't see you or you can't see them or whatever, like, find a place in a small room and, and you've got that knife and you're pointing it out. And as soon as you fucking see someone, just lunge at them. Like, don't. Don't run around panicking, like letting them do whatever <laughs> yeah. they want. And then she actually yeah. does it. To her credit, shortly after that, she like she she closes herself in the bedroom and well, because it's like it's like right at that point when Scott Speedman gets back home and, <laughs> and he shows up in such a funny name. <laughs> Scott Speedman. And and he like scares her, right? And so he comes into the bedroom and they have the knife and she closes the door and she puts a chair in front of the door. And like oh, that's God, it. Yeah. That's all. That's all you have to do. Like just stay there. Like stay there. You've got this chair in front of the door. You've got this big knife. Like, but Scott. Well, you need has a. To you need an exit strategy too. You need a way to get out of there in case like you're I, fucked. I, I guess. I guess. Well, I mean, but if they break like, down the door because they break down the door to the first part of the house with the axe, like you need a way you, to get out of the house. But you have a leg up, right? Like you've got this big butcher knife. Like if they if they start bursting down the door, if you've got it locked, like you've got a big chair in front of it, like they're it's gonna be very difficult for them to get into the room. Like yeah. they're gonna have to axe down the top part of the door, make a big enough hole to climb through it. Like think about the actual potentiality of someone coming through that door, right? It's like mm -hmm. she has the chair in front of it, so the only thing that they can crawl through is the top part of the door. So they're gonna have to axe a hole into it. And then climb through it. You have a fucking butcher knife. Like nobody's getting through that door without you absolutely shredding them. But yeah. look, that's I'm 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 nitpicking. I understand that well, in the in the moment, like yeah, you want to have an exit strategy. You don't know how many people are attacking you. Uh, whatever. I think you've already put more thought into this than the screenwriters did. <laughs> like, okay, fair. I just I've seen this movie so many times, and I've I've like I've like overanalyzed every single scene. Right, and it's like yeah. it, one thing that cracks me up is like I remember uh, like when Scott. So shortly after that, Scott goes outside. Right, he like goes outside for some dumb reason. I don't even remember. And and uh, he come or no 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 sorry. It's after he leaves and comes back. And Liv Tyler's like, why do you think they're doing this? Like she's trying <laughs> to rationalize the situation and like understand what's going on. And yeah. Scott Speedman is like. Don't think about any of that right now. None of that is important. 
it's like, dude, what are you talking about? Yeah, like, that was my important. big thing too. Well, <laughs> one of one of the things he said that I I think I wrote down was like, this was the dumbest fucking thing he could have said. He's like, oh, where the fuck was it? I I want to. Okay, yeah, he comes back in the house and like, first off, she's in the bedroom and she's got a knife and she's bleeding. And I was just thinking if I was in that situation. So he's obviously got a cell phone that works, right? Because she she called him on it. He left it That's, in the car. Oh, he left it in the car. Okay, whatever. He, he goes back to the car later. But how was your first instinct? Like, if, if like, Kaylee was at home or if Andy was at home and, like, she was, like, bleeding and had a knife, how was not your first instinct? Like, okay, we should probably call the cops before well, so, we figure out so, anything. So, so that's the thing. So her, by that point, the landline was cut and her phone was already thrown in the fireplace. He, yeah. he came inside, but he left his cell phone in the car. Oh, you yeah, when he, and then when the he phone comes, yeah. When he comes out... The, there's a hole in his car. They yeah. had, when he, in just a couple minutes where he came in and left his cell phone in the car, they broke into his car and took his phone. Convenient. That's all I'll say. Convenient. <laughs> Very convenient. Hey, man, the exact details of what occurred that night are not fully known. So. <laughs> Whatever the screenwriters need to extend the plot, just 45 minutes longer. Hey, look, so, so that, that was, that, that's something that ran through my mind a lot in the many, in the many times that I've seen this but, movie. Um, and I, I really paid attention to the phones this time right. and yeah. and the phones, like it, 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 they, they made it work. But, but there's a line that he says when he comes in, cause he's obviously like dismissive of her because you know, he's just like for plot's sake, he can't believe you right out of the gate. Right. Right. Even though she's like crying and like, obviously like there, something has happened to her. Um, but, uh, he's, he says this line, he's like, I haven't heard a dog bark or a car pass. It's just us and them. Like he says it like, that's a fact, <laughs> like that's something that you would know, <laughs> like, which is funny. Like, I, I, I hyper-focus on that line too, because shortly before that scene, you actually hear a dog bark. Yeah. Like, that's what he, I was you... saying too. <laughs> I was like, I just heard a dog bark. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you're an editor in the movie and you're the sound designer. Like, you know that line is coming. Why would you put in dog barking for no reason? God, yeah. There, there, there's some things too, right? It's like, because there's this this dance in the middle of the movie. Because the middle of the movie is the weakest to me. Like, you know, the, the bulk of the movie is the weakest of the, of, <laughs> of say, the movie for me. I'd but say like, the uh, like hour and 20 minutes are like the weakest element. God First five it. minutes hey, were hey, ripping. Hey, I still like this movie, Sumner. <laughs> It'd be I'm nice sorry. to me. I'm so, sorry. I just shit on every movie that you bring to me. That, no, that's okay. That's part of the fun of this podcast. I know, I know you're going to. But see, look, here's, no, here's the no. thing, right? No, 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 no. I don't know you're going to. I don't know you're going to. What I'm saying is, like, there are movies that you're going to bring me that are classics that you know I need to see or, yeah. like, f for me to, like, be a, a, a real person. And then... <laughs> And I know that there aren't there 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 aren't a whole lot of those that I've seen that you haven't. So I've had to I have to bring whatever I can to this podcast, right? And to be fair, and this what, wasn't your first choice either. Like you wanted to watch something else. That's 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 fair. It wasn't my first choice, but I if I can bring see the thing is I know the, the, the so it's it's one guy's seen it, right? That's all. That's all. That's all we are here. <laughs> I know that there are so many terrible movies that I've seen that I have to live with that I know that you haven't seen. That's and as true. your friend, as your friend, it's I, like I have to share that that pain. But also, like, also there are movies that 
that I want to share just because they have sentimental value to me. And this yeah. is one of those. Well, you know, um, I, I think I get why you like it at the same time. Like, and I, I don't know if this, this is true, but you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like, there's like a weird, like cozy element to the movie because it takes place in like this one location. And yes. like, I don't know if that's like one of the, re because it's like, it's extremely low budget. Like I know yeah. the, I know the budget is probably I've, well. We looked it up actually. It was like nine million dollars, which I was like, "There's no fucking way in hell this movie yeah, cost I don't know what nine million dollars to make." It must have been Liv Tyler. There's no other thing, or like distribution costs or something like that. Like I have no idea where the money went for this movie, because it literally just takes place in like somebody's dad's house. Like you yeah. can tell, <laughs> like, and it's like. It's got a barn in the back, and that's it. That's all that happens. They don't go anywhere else, except no, for the first it, part where they like run out of gymnasium for like they're go, they're somewhere at the beginning of the movie. They're at the wedding. Yeah, and they don't even show other actors in it because I doubt they had the budget to even show other people. Well, and and look, I think those are some of the things that I loved about it, is that it's so narrow. It's like. Uh, it's like you said, yeah, it's cozy, it's narrow, it's all this stuff yeah. happening in one place, and which is what makes it feel so much more like visceral and, and possible. Like the home invasion thing takes place in, in a home, right? It's got to feel yeah. like a home. And, and look, so, but you talked about other actors, right? So there's one other actor, and, we, and we've got to talk about the scene where oh, Scott God. shoots his friend Mike, right? Who's coming, who's Do you know coming who that to is? pick him up. I've seen him in other things. That's Glenn Howerton. From uh, it's always sunny. Uh, in Philadelphia. It's always sunny. It's always sunny. Yeah, did that? Was that a nice like whoa that was, moment? That was the best moment of the entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> because well, one of the reasons I love it is because this came out in 08 and Sunny had been on the air for like a couple years at that point. But I mean, like this could have, I mean, they could have shot it like right when Sunny was starting, like, and it didn't get released until later. Like very possible. But I was like, oh, Glenn Howerton's in the movie. Okay, he's gonna add a dynamic to you know the couple here you know it's like he's gonna be like he's gonna be with them he's gonna be like the comic relief because this movie desperately needs some <laughs> like comic relief because i was no, like but because in my it's head it's a true story there is no comic <laughs> relief but in my head i was like i was like oh he's a big star i was like wait this came out in 2008 he was not he was a nobody at the time <laughs> nobody knew who he was there you go and uh and yeah, I was like, and it was funny because Andy had seen the movie before. I don't know how, but she had seen it before. Really? Yeah. And she was like, watch it in um, high school or something like that. And uh, I was like, oh, Glenn Howerton. And she was like, hmm. I was like, what? She was like, just nothing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> and then he gets shot in the face. And I was like, what? That was the <laughs> dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen. Okay. Hey, don't be oh. selfish. Don't be selfish. Just because you wanted him to have a bigger part doesn't mean he nah. needed to have a bigger part. He de he needed to be in the movie so bad. <laughs> Just because I know what he's capable of, like as a comedic actor, like he could have offered so much more to the movie. Like, you know, like made it fun, you know, like, because like that's the thing with the, the bottle kind of movie where it's like, okay, you have a low budget. You've got a limited amount of resources. You've got a limited amount of actors. Like, what do you do? You have to add something to the characters to make them have more depth and they're, they're like going through like a rough patch in their relationship. Like she doesn't want to marry him, 
but it's obviously like it's not because she doesn't love him like you know like there's there's that element to their relationship right yeah like, and see look the fact that you felt all of that means that it was <laughs> perfectly done that's one thing but <laughs> other than that their characters are the flattest nothingest characters there's nothing else about them and I'm, I'm sorry i'm coming off really mean <laughs> like hey, I'm but just, you like, know shitting. enough but you know enough to feel like you know them you know they're just they're just your friends that because you know already because they're good actors and that's what, one of the other things i wanted to talk about too the directing in this movie is so piss poor bad <laughs> like so i mean i don't mean that to say like it's like um so i mean like there, there's directing and it's like the composition of the scenes are fine like you know what's going on action wise like that's all okay directing though like when they're in the scene like the actors have to know like should i have a sense of urgency like should i be like afraid for my life should i be running should i be like doing you know all these questions that they have to have and there's so many scenes where they're like something fucked up happens like the scene with glenn howerton when he's just sitting in his car he's like hey buddy i'm right outside your house and then just something slams into his windshield he's like whoa what the fuck and then yeah. he just walks into the house for i swear to god two minutes straight you just see him walking through like the front yard and then he walks through the front door and then he walks down the hallway and then the guy pops up behind him and he's there it's like oh something's gonna happen and then he's like hey mike and he just gets shot in the face yeah it's awesome what is there not to love about that <laughs> but it's just every scene they're they'll like they're like okay now i gotta go do something i gotta go out to the barn and it's a 20 minute scene of them going out to the barn yeah like, so so yeah so let's let's back up a little bit right so so you know it's funny i had the thought to like because i remember as soon as as soon as his character shows up i, I remembered how quickly he is dispatched and i yeah. remember thinking like like I remember trying to think, like, what would, what would I do in this situation, right? Because I remembered yeah. how how quick everything happens, and it's like, so so think about it, right? Like if you're if you're him, and you pull up to pick up your friend, and this shit happens, like something just slams into your windshield and makes this huge hole in your windshield, you get out of your car, you're like, what the fuck was that? You're like yeah. looking around. So you're him, right? You're looking around. You don't see anybody. You don't see anything. What well, what would you do, right? Like you would just be like, oh, like you you just you would walk up to the house, and then as yeah. he's walking up to the house, he's seeing the destroyed cars. It's like if I was him, probably at that point, I don't know that I would that I would like call the police. I, I would be so oh. confused. Well, hear me out. I'd be so confused as to what I was looking at, right? Because like, like just in shock. Walk, yeah. Well, like you walk up to the driveway and you see that this truck has slammed into your friend's car. And so your first thought would be like, okay, some kind of weird like accident occurred here. Like maybe they, they somebody was delivering something. I'm like, I'm like trying to create situations that, that might've been going through his head. But either way, he's looking at this and he can't really make sense of it, but he hears the, he hears the record player on inside. So he's yeah. like, so what do you think at that point? Okay, well, somebody's home, like, Something happened out here. Something strange happened out here, but somebody's But the door's home. just wide open, right? I think it was wide open, yeah. And it's like, 
if you're him, you're like, okay, well, there's a record playing inside. There's got to be somebody in here who's going to explain to me what's going on out here. But as he walks yeah. in, he starts to see everything. It's like it. I, I, I don't think it's that unbelievable, like what he, what he does. But here's here's what I want to talk about. So they they find okay. the shotgun. They find the shotgun in the closet. Oh right? yeah, this is a big. I, this is one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about too. So yeah, right. So he's like, oh, I never actually hunted. I don't even know how to load it. Very quickly, he loads it. Which somehow. is the dumbest like, statement. Like everybody's seen a movie where somebody loads a shotgun. Right, right. So sorry, whatever. Sorry. I'll, I'll let that go. They so they they figure out how to load it. They have like. 50 rounds of ammunition. They that was a, the thing. I was like, a lot you of could, ammo. You could hold down a fort with 50 rounds of a shotgun. <laughs> right. So they have this huge advantage at this point. And so, so, so hear me out. So when Mike shows up and it's like, and, 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 and Scott Speedman accidentally shoots him. Right? Okay. I get it. Like you've shot your friend. That sucks. But, but you, you're still in the situation that you're in. And in this room, you're the safest you could possibly be. In this back room, with a shotgun, in front of the doorway, with 50 rounds of ammunition, like anybody else that comes up to that doorway, like there's no reason to go outside and go to the barn and look for some bullshit way to contact <laughs> the outside world. Like, yeah. fuck it. If, if you've got to sit in that room with that shotgun, point it at the doorway until, you know, 5 p.m. the next day, like I would, obviously you're grieving your friend, but you're still in this situation. Like, there is right. nothing, there is nothing in the world that would cause me to leave that room once I'm in there with a yeah, fucking go out in the loaded open, shotgun. Yeah, yeah, with a loaded like, shotgun and 50 rounds of ammo. Where you know there's more than one person out there, and you could easily yeah. get flanked. <laughs> like, I think that's what pisses me off, is there are so many times where the victims in this movie have, have an advantage if they just weren't fucking morons. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing, that's like, that's the charm about it too, because like, there's like a there's an element of it that is so terrible horror movies that came out like from I, I assume like 08 to like you know like mid 2010s that I'm sure that like you, you can't think of the name of them but like you went to go see those with your friends yeah they were those all were the like same the, they were the dime a dozen horror movies that were cheap to make they would come out like at the beginning of the year because they were terrible and nobody wanted to see them and it was like because like like famously, like at the beginning of the year, movies would or uh, movie studios would unload their horror movies for January and be like, this is what we got like left in the bank. Maybe we can make some money out of this. And um, this must have been before that trend happened because we looked it up and like the release date was like in November or like, or no, sorry, not November. It was like May, but it was like kind of a dispersed um, like schedule that it came out. But it came out in May, which is a little late for like horror movies, but not out of the realm of possibility, but it was so successful. It was like a $9 million budget and it made $86 million Fuck at yeah. the box office, which blows my fucking mind. <laughs> I have no idea how this made hey, that much because, money. Because it scared Kurt Russell. Yeah. What the fuck, Kurt Russell? <laughs> <laughs> That's like a glowing endorsement. Was he like a producer on it? Like you have money invested? I don't know. I have no idea. I just love that that was... Like the fourth ranked IMDb <laughs> trivia on this Cause, page. Because I, I, I can give credit. I was like, okay, these are, you know, filmmakers are obviously struggling. They're like low budget filmmakers. It's like, hey, Liv Tyler, do you want to be in this movie where you're like naked for like the first half of it? And then like, you know, hey, you she's run never around even naked. She's never even naked. There's no <laughs> She's nudity. not naked, but she's like in her underwear for, for a bit. She like right. takes a bath in the rose petals and it's like, you know. 
I mean, oh. if it if it makes you feel any better, I think the demographics it was like eighty percent, eighty percent seventeen to thirty five year old males, yeah. Caucasian males that saw this movie in theaters. Yeah, probably like we're never gonna get, <laughs> we're never gonna get Liv Tyler to show her boobs for this piece of shit. Right. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. <laughs> you digress. I'm sorry. Anyway, but I was just thinking. I was like, um, um, oh god. Uh, I had a thing I was gonna say. And I know. Sorry, you're talking about when it came out in May, and it was super successful. Shockingly. Oh yeah, yeah, it was shockingly successful, and you know, just like, yeah, one of those diamond dozen, like horror movie concepts. But um, but yeah, I mean, th- there are things I can be like, okay, like they're indie like i can like give him a break on stuff like you know like limited locations and and stuff and like you know not having the writing talent to kind of bring you know that's fine but it was like there's never a moment other than that initial time where the guy shows up in the background where i ever thought it was scary right and 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 for the record i don't i don't know that i don't know that a lot of those decisions that you're talking about i think you might be giving them the benefit of the doubt like i don't think that they were necessarily like limited by budget. I, I think all of the choices were intentional. Like I think this this really yeah. was a, a crime that occurred, and I I really think that that everything about it was intentional, which might make it worse for you. Like like even worse. <laughs> no, I just like I was like okay, you're like if they knew they were doing like a Hollywood movie and like they got greenlit by a studio, like I feel like the studio would have pushed for more locations like more action like because it's like i don't think like the ending probably is what happened in real life could have been but i mean like they they make it seem like this like man's and family murder kind of things are just roaming around like killing people randomly like i love it i love it they're my they're my fate dude the killers are the killers are the bet i love it so much i don't i don't care they were like um do you ever see the devil's rejects the rob zombie movie Oh God! A long time ago, they, they were like that. They were like this, like quasi, um, like cults of people that just go around killing people just because they love it. Like they really enjoy just murdering yeah. and torturing people. But it's like yeah. the difference between that is like they would do in like Devil's Rejects. They do some crazy, outlandish, like what the fuck am I watching? Shit! I was never ever like. I was just. I was so bored with what was going That's okay. on. I know, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, no, no, I know no. you love this movie. No, 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 look, look, you're, you're, you're spot on. Like, you really are. I, especially, especially, this is the first time in my life that I've watched it with a critical eye, like, for the reasons that we do this podcast. And there are almost, I mean, I am pulling at threads to find, like, <laughs> redeeming qualities yeah of of the film other than just the fact that it was a big part of my childhood and i'll let like the, the, the issue for me is like the middle of the movie and i, I even remember this even as a as a young buck right like <laughs> the middle of the movie is so patchwork like the whole yeah. barn scene like you know she's trying to get on the radio in the barn she's twisted her ankle because she runs out of the house like a like an idiot for some reason somehow steps yeah in a and ditch. she like trims trips and yeah yeah twists her ankle and the chick with the axe comes up right and smashes the radio right when she finally connects to somebody and it's i I never really noticed this before but i I was really trying to find reasons like get mad at the movie at this point and you know it's like she 
she gets out of the out of the barn and while the chick is axing the radio she's just crawling on the floor a few feet outside the barn and somehow appears to have lost the chick but there was no like <laughs> connecting scene it's like she's yeah. in the barn screaming while the chick is axing the radio and yeah. then she's 20 feet outside the barn crawling like laying low like the yeah. girl has no idea where she is <laughs> it was you know the middle of yeah. the movie is really rough but it's always gonna be <laughs> it's always gonna be one of those forever in my heart movies and and I, I i you know i've tried my best to defend it in any way that i can i i love the 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 uh, Mormon boys that show up and find them. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know. It is what it is. It's <laughs> it's it's like you said. It's exactly what it is. It falls into this like slushy of these weird late twenty tens <laughs> horror Far movie cliches. There were Cliches. so many of them around that time that were just out every year. And, yeah, and they were easy and like cheap to crank out. But I I just I I get the vibe that this was just floating around in a film festival somewhere and they just happen to have Liv Tyler in it. I don't know how. They must have offered her a shitload of money. But, um... Like you said, that's probably where the bulk of the budget went. Yeah, I was like... It was like, okay, hey Liv, I know you were in Lord of the Rings like a couple of years ago, but do you want to be in this? Like, It's like, yeah, for five million dollars I'll be in your, your horror movie. And, um... Yeah, and I, I just feel like it floated around and then like just got picked up by somebody and then they were like eh, we'll release this at some point and then it just it became like a big sleeper hit like it's just like it, it just it blows my mind because it's like now it just seems so like out of the realm of possibility that that could ever happen but yeah yeah i, I wanted to hop into some of the trivia that that i, well, I didn't finish oh yeah so oh, i i did want to i did want to mention so glenn howerton's in the uh in the movie and he's got like a bit part in it, and uh, right. I, I was making a joke to to Andy at the end of it because we're big Sunny fans, and uh, there is an episode of the show where um, Glenn Howerton's character um, <laughs> has a system for picking up women, and it's like designed to be like really like fucked up and like <laughs> psychopathic. But sure. I was like, I was like, he got rejected by his. What if this is just a big ploy to like, you know, like. <laughs> manipulate her into loving him so like, Ooh. so like the steps of the system it's called the dennis system because his name is dennis in the show and uh the, the steps of the system are demonstrate value which is the d in the <laughs> in the system and so demonstrate value he's like wants to propose to her he's in love with her wants to spend his life with her and then the next step is engage physically where he like, you know, they like touch and feel and they're like about to have sex and then they get interrupted. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then the third step is nurture dependence, which, you know, home invasion. You know, you oh, need yeah. him. He's got oh, the shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. And then and then neglect emotionally is the next step. <laughs> so the part where he runs out to the barn and then just disappears for like twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Neglect emotionally. Then inspire hope where they're tied up at the end. And they are, they have the ropes and everything, <laughs> and then she like says I love you, and he's like Yeah, we're gonna make it. I love you too. Okay. I love you too. And then separate entirely, get murdered. Yes, that's so I, that's pretty incredible. <laughs> that that's pretty awesome. So that's all I could think of when he showed up. It was like just his butt. 
Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck, dude? He really does. He really does disappear. Like, he's behind the tree with the shotgun, and you hear a big shotgun blast, and then he's mm-hmm. gone for like half an hour, and then just yeah. shows up back in the house. No explanation <laughs> for where he was. Nothing. Just yeah. fucking... <laughs> and I was also like... Oh, so we talked about that one scene where the guy shows up in the back, and then... You know, it's like, it's creepy because she doesn't know he's there and she's like looking out the window and smoking a cigarette and stuff. And then they do that, I want to say like 30 more times in the movie. Yes. (laughs) It feels like every scene, it's like somebody's there and then they don't do anything about it. And I was like, I just want to make a drinking game out of that where it's like somebody shows up and then nothing happens. Yes, let's watch it again right now. Let's watch (laughs) it all over again. I Um, will say, at least it wasn't like longer than an hour and 20 minutes like it didn't didn't waste my i didn't feel like gypped i didn't feel like i wasted my time good good um, but i was like i was so frustrated anyway well, i'm sorry no that's okay so check some of this stuff out so i told you it, you know that I, I know you mentioned that the directing was so it was so awful uh but hey based Just for on the actors true, based on true events right so brian bertino it's this film is partially based on an incident he experienced as a child. Just one little element of it that apparently one Somebody evening... Somebody knocked on the door and then it was like, oh, they're breaking in. And then they left. Well, so one evening a stranger <laughs> came to his door and asked for someone who was not there and left. Later, he found out that other homes in the neighborhood had been broken into that night. Ooh. Mmm. Creepy. Mm. Moving on to more trivia. So <laughs> during filming... In order to get an actual reaction from Liv Tyler, and, and like we said, like I think her, she she really acted well well in this movie. I thought yeah, because you said she got tonsillitis, which I think we read that was like from her screaming so much in the movie. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised. But um, which I was yeah. like, she's like, I have to save my career somehow <laughs> by being in this movie. <laughs> it's like at least people will be like, well, Liv Tyler gave it her all. Yeah, yeah. Well, and for the record, one thing one thing that was really helpful in this movie that I remember vividly was how great the sound design was in theaters. Like there's a heavy yeah. emphasis on all the banging and the footsteps and the scrap, the metal scraping and all that shit. That was and another thing too that like, I feel like, Oh, I'm sorry. It was, uh, that was another thing too. I was like, that was like such a like late two thousands, early 2010s, like horror movie thing with the, the scraping and the banging. Cause like even early on when he like pops the, um, the cork off of the champagne bottle like it's like a really loud and like like kind of spooks you because you don't expect it to be that loud yeah yeah and yeah it's yeah. like little things like that i've like you like the james wan like insidious movies they would do that shit all the time all the fucking time because yeah. those movies were just built off of jump scares they weren't really like deep psychological horror movies or anything they were just that's like, what it's about you got to get you got to get your money's worth with the jump scares yeah, it's like the conjuring, uh, like like all those cliches I could see in this movie, which came out, you know, a couple of years before them. Right. So it was like this is like the format that it was built on. I'm not sure if it was the first one, but it was like definitely one of the earliest ones to like make it a cliche. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and apparently during filming, in order to get an actual reaction from Liv all the time, because I'm sure she was just Yeah, because she's not she a good actor in or this anything. Movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Apparently, the director would tell her where to expect a loud bang from, but then would have the noise come from a completely different direction. Oh. Whoa. That's, that's good. That's good. Yeah, good right? Right? <laughs> I feel like right? 
there are just scenes of them walking down the hall. It's like, hey, we need this to be an hour and a half. So if you could just walk down the hall for like two minutes, I think that'd be great. Because yeah, I think it'd be right. really intense. But <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. <laughs> that's a that's not a bad. It's a misdirection. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, and hey, so this harks back to what one thing that you assumed was what I love so much about the movie was how kind of cozy it feels, right? So, believe it or not, the filmmakers designed the house to be one that you feel that your brother could have lived in, that you could have uh, grown up in, in order to make the audience feel more attached to the film. And they succeeded. I will say that... very attached to it. The set design and the prop things, like it did feel like it was a lived-in space. Like it didn't feel like... Like, um, like they were like, they manipulated everything in the house. Like it, it felt genuine, felt like a genuine house. So I'll give the yeah, set designer which credit is, for and that. It's, yeah, it's a soundstage. I mean, the whole, it was not shot in a house. The interior of the house was all built on a soundstage. Yeah, that was good. Um, I, I like that. Um, yeah, kudos to the set designer, whoever that was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's, there's trivia here that says the, the, ex, the exterior shots of the house were actually filmed at a real farmhouse. The filmmakers were surprised to discover that the property had a barn, a garage, a forest, and a long enough road. Like, what? Long enough road for what? I guess for the shot yeah. they wanted? Yay. Yeah, just to make it, like, uh, vacant enough to where he's like, yeah, there's nobody for miles. Nobody can hear you scream out here. <laughs> <laughs> nobody could hear a shotgun blast or anything like that. Oh, no, this ruins it for me. Yes. What arguably, is, what is, arguably based on the 1981 Petty Resort murders in Northern California, although this has not been substantiated by anyone connected with the movie, and the writer claims that it's all based on his childhood experience. Well, well, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was. I think there was something funny too when um he was uh he like knock the one of the killer guys knocks her out at the end of the movie and then he's like dragging her body back into the <laughs> the living room. I was like, this has gotta be a reference to the shining. When, yeah. Um, yep. That scene where uh Shelley Duvall is dragging Jack Nicholson's body and he's like kinda like half awake being like, Hey, what are you doing? Yep. What are you yeah, doing? that that and the the hacking away at the front door with the axe. It's all it's yeah. all the shining. Oh yeah, and the thing with the the radio in the farmhouse because like he takes out all the uh, the batteries or or whatever were in the uh, the radio at the Overlook Hotel. Right. You know, hey one one interesting bit of trivia that uh, that actually is only interesting to me is that the truck <laughs> that the killers are driving is the exact same model of Ford F one hundred. That my grandpa has. So, there you go. Oh, nice. Look, it's not a good movie, okay? <laughs> but this podcast is not about reviewing good movies. It's about re reviewing movies well, we want to review. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I have. I showed you a racer head. And, yeah, uh, all right. I can never punish <laughs> you enough for that. Yeah. But hey, that was filmed for fifty thousand dollars. This was filmed for nine million dollars. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah, that's that's pretty insane. I don't. Different know. I levels. I really don't of, know what they spent it on. Different levels of ingenuity. Well, they were like it took place over six years. It was a labor of love, man. Well, and that hey, was a, I mean, it, it's uh, Eraserhead is a classic. You can't even compare <laughs> them. Yeah, I was like, well, we've watched some pretty cool indie movies, like um, 
watched Razorhead, we've watched One Cut of the Dead, and then we've also watched The Strangers. <laughs> hey, and, and uh, Primer, Primer, and Primer, don't yeah, about Primer. No, no. I was gonna say Primer, yeah, it was with the um, you know, quote unquote, seven thousand dollar budget, right? But, yeah, look what they did with nothing, no money at all. And they yeah made they made a terrible was... they made a terrible movie. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think it is definitely not like this. It's not in the same league. Yeah, of, this, uh, is, this is leagues ahead. This is this is the best well, we, movie ever made. Well, we went down a rabbit hole after we watched Primer. Andy and I we were just sitting here like looking at uh, stuff up about the guy. And uh, well, he's oh, really been, he's been canceled unfortunately since then. Oh shit! What happened? Well, he um. He had some sexual misconduct things and um, uh, domestic abuse things, I think, with oh, his girlfriend. Geez. Um, actually, I, I don't know about the sexual misconduct, but the domestic abuse things, like his girlfriend or wife got a restraining order against him, but he like leaked the photo of the restraining order in like an Instagram post. And there were all these videos online about he was like planning his own demise, like because he had tried to make it in Hollywood, but his ideas were too big and bombastic, and he was going to come forth with this really crazy, like, um, ambitious sci-fi movie, and it just, like, fell through. And then the script got leaked online, and this guy was talking about it. He was, like, a big fan of his work and was like, this is one of the best things I've ever read. And then, like, this, all this stuff came to light about him being, you know, kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> and it was just... Um, yeah, it's a crazy story. Like if you go down the rabbit hole, but uh, yeah, I did want to mention he was like ended up not being a that good of a guy. Yeah, what the fuck? Maybe maybe he really built the time machine in real life. Yeah, and <laughs> and fucked up his own life. Yeah, but I mean, like even that. I mean, like that was as as much as don't like the person and the things I've read about him. Like there was like passion and a like need to be like okay like i've seen time travel movies i'm gonna come at it with like the mindset of a person that would actually invent time travel which would be an engineer and i'm gonna come at it from this really technical analytical point of view to where it could like what are the first steps of like there's like a whole like um world he built within like the process of actually creating that and like right. i think that's what's cool and valuable about that that movie and like what we've talked about with indie indie movies like playing around with stuff you couldn't get away with in a in a big budget movie and right then, which like, this doesn't do at all yeah and then this one is just like a haunted house spook spook show i wanted a light spook show it's the beginning <laughs> of spooky season yeah yeah no i know and i'm 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 tearing this a new one for hey no reason hey, i, I said my what, piece that is what we do on one guy's seen it and i think it's time to give it your rating don't be gentle <laughs> say what must be said how many beers do you need to enjoy this movie Sumner five four and a half four and a half four and a half I think I'm giving it a a half because you enjoy it so much and it was so much fun no, to talk about it no, with you no no do not no you <laughs> cannot compromise your internal <laughs> rating system give it what it deserves Sumner what yeah. does it deserve if I was watching this on my own, it would definitely be a five. It'd probably be more. A five? That. Is that is that the lowest score so far? Yeah, I think that's my lowest score I've given. Fuck yeah. I'm going to try to keep up a streak. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep a streak going of lowest scores. 
but you know, I as much shit as I talked about the movie is definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen. It was just like there's so much that could be done with that premise, and they just didn't do anything. It seemed like right. Hey, for like the you record, had Liv Tyler in your movie, you had you know Glenn Howard, Scott which Speedman. You, Scott yeah. Speedman's a, a you know stud 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 muffin. Yeah, and he was just like, I love, I love the scene too when um she's like hiding behind the uh, the cupboard with the, you know the uh i don't know what you call those those blinds that you can like see through yeah yeah and like he walks <laughs> the killer walks up and like it's like obvious you can see right through those and then he just sees and he's like nope i'm just gonna sit at the table and he sits at the table he's fucking with her doesn't do anything at the table gets up looks walks away <laughs> and then and then she opens and she's like, well, where'd you go? And then the girl comes in like fucking. And then Scott Speedman out of nowhere comes back in the house. He's like, run. And she's like, oh, yeah, maybe I should run. <laughs> and hey, then that's she the runs best up, scene in the movie, Sumner. And then she runs upstairs. And then she, instead of, you know, <laughs> opening up the window and jumping out of the window, like a normal person, she bangs on the window like somebody's going to hear her. She's losing it, man. She's then, going through a traumatic experience. And then uh, Scott's beaming downstairs. He's like, Jamie, run. What the fuck? It's <laughs> like freaking <laughs> out. Yeah, it was just, I don't know. It's like, it's like almost so bad it's good. Like it's almost in Thank that territory. You. Thank you. That's all <laughs> so, I've I mean, been like, trying to say from the very beginning. So it was like, there, there are moments I was like laughing a lot. So that's like, that's another reason I'd give it four and a half. I don't think it's like, terrible terrible where it's just like totally worthless it's like a good like munching on popcorn drinking beer time right yeah, nothing else to do right right okay and that's that's a fair that's a fair review obviously obviously i'm i'm see it's tough right like we i, I want us to be able to remove our bias when we're rating rating movies this one is too close to me i don't think i can remove the bias yeah so I, i'm okay. gonna give it I'm gonna give it three beers, so I think we we average out at what four? Four, yeah, I think four. All yeah, right, you need. If we go. You hear that? One guy's seen it. Audience, you know what's funny, dude? So my mom, my mom just listened. You know, our, our third episode just came out when we did a splice. Oh yeah, and oh, it's my not mom, out on uh, YouTube yet. Wait, really? Yeah, it's on. Um, I, I was gonna uh, tell you before, but um, yeah, it's not on. It that's, didn't like. It didn't populate. It didn't show up. Mm -mm. That's concerning. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna check that out. Sorry to our 20 listeners out there. Uh, I'm gonna try to figure out what the fuck must have happened there. Yeah, because that's the only thing. So YouTube's the only one that I have to kind of upload manually, and so usually I'll just oh, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll I'll like upload it as I'm going to bed. Um, yeah. Because it takes a while to upload, so I don't know if like maybe my computer. I'll go in and check it out. That's annoying. yeah. I didn't even check. I checked Spotify and and Apple, but and anyway. <laughs> um, so my mom, I was talking to my mom about it cause my mom's really into our podcast. She's like sharing it with our friends and or with her friends and stuff. Oh, that's nice. And her first comment was like, yeah, you should never be the guy who's seen it. <laughs> I was like, what? That's not true. She I... was like, yeah. She was like, you're just, you know, Sumner knows more about this stuff than you. She was like, you should just stay in your lane. <laughs> I was like, fuck you, mom. No, but Suck I, my I, dick mom. I think these are like most fun episodes too. Cause like. Because when I get like, not upset, well, like I get fired up and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. Like, I feel like we have a lot of fun just talking about it. 
Yes, you get to like, you use know what, I mean? what you know to to uh, to build up and to destroy. Because like yeah, because we don't like because I I love doing the episodes that we do when I when I show stuff and it's like you're right like they're usually like classics like and it's like it's really hard to find faults in them and like you know like you have little bits here and there but it's like um you have to like intellectualize everything which is which is fun but it can be exhausting especially when you're drinking it's like these are much more fluid and like we're just like being like fuck this is how i feel like it's not so much about like um like with the chaplain one like it's just going like on forever about like well charlie chaplin was doing this in 1936 and like this is like all the backstory that you need to understand it's like that's fun to do too but it's like going in with a completely different mindset than just you know having fun watching a movie so i love doing these episodes a lot where you've seen yeah i gotta i gotta keep you on your toes i gotta keep you flexing your muscles (laughs) yeah and to be fair i'd like i i i enjoyed watching primer a lot it wasn't like my favorite movie or anything but it was really fun to talk about. And I like Splice a lot. It, it's actually one of my favorite episodes <laughs> we've done. Because <laughs> it was so just like goofy and off the wall. And it was like the perfect like, uh, it's like, where can we go from Eraserhead? Well, Splice, fuck you. We're going right there. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love hey, that. Man. I, yeah, this is this is my favorite thing to do every week. I think, so. I think too, if I was just showing classics every week, it would just get like kind of repetitive and boring. This adds like an element that I like to it. Well, that that means a lot to me. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, for, show, thanks for what showcase. Yeah, how we do. We get to showcase our how, is. how 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 fucking terrible my taste in movies is. That's that's what we get to do. That's what I was like, because I was making fun of you for the fourth kind. I'm like, this is even worse than the fourth kind. Hey, hey, and I'm gonna see if I can even top that in two weeks. But we oh, will man. be back next week with with a spooky movie that Sumner has seen. Oh, dude! And, uh, I have the perfect one for after this. Talk about a bottle I'm movie! So like fucking ready. And I'm like, I'm not gonna change this one this time because I've I've said tease stuff in the past, but I'm sticking with this one for sure. Fuck yes! All right, well, you've been listening to one guy seen oh, it, the best podcast on planet Earth. What's up? Uh, I had I I, <laughs> I had more stuff on my list. I didn't. Oh yes, more stuff. Come on, keep it coming. Yeah, if you've listened this long, I guess you can you can hang around and listen to this. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like, I, I did think it was funny that um at the beginning, and I, I this is like a nitpick. This is not really the movie's fault, but um, um I always like because this is even in The Shining. Like I I cringe every time I see this, but um there's a thing early on where she gets the butcher knife in the kitchen, and she's like about to uh you know, like ward off the uh, the attackers. And you can see the blade of the knife very clearly. And it's obviously a very dull blade. Like you can see like the tip and it's like rounded on the end. Like it's obviously not gonna like cut through anybody unless you like like hit somebody really hard with it. And oh, that's, Sumner. But that's always something I've like, okay, like it's like, it's a close up shot of her with the knife. like. If you know it's going to be a close-up, why wouldn't you like sub in a really sharp knife just for that one scene where it's like, oh shit, that's a really like, she's <laughs> going to fuck somebody up with that. Hey man, it was a low budget. What do you yeah. expect? Yeah, that's just. Uh... And then there's there's one funny thing that she does when they're knocking on the door. She literally puts her hand over her mouth and she's like, <gasps> like, <laughs> like a movie from like a bad movie from the 1950s. <laughs> 
anyway, sorry, those are all my my things. But um, no, yeah. those, that reminds me too. I just forced Kaylee to watch uh, Scream for the first time. Oh, yeah, was, that, that's what it reminded me of too. Dude, it's very Scream, and it was awesome because uh, I I can't believe like I don't know how you grow up as a '90s baby and manage to avoid seeing the movie Scream. I, like oh, she never know how. seen it. She'd never seen it. I don't, oh, wow. I don't. I don't. Now, granted, this is a woman who has actively avoided horror movies for for the majority of her yeah, life. Yeah, that one's not. But it's that. not even. We're yeah, we're talking about the the campiest of all campy. It's like, so goofy, but it teen like, slasher movies. It like works in its favor because it's like meant to be like '90s, like tongue in cheek. It's like uh, horror yeah. movies are stupid. We're gonna make one anyway. Fuck you. <laughs> Right, exactly, and I think uh, that was, it was funny. That was one of the things I noticed that you bring up the knife was how obviously plastic the, the knife that, that uh, Ghostface uses the whole fucking movie. Yeah, I'm actually really excited too because I've never seen any of the sequels, and they're all on. Oh. Uh, I think they're all on Peacock right now. We 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 played a drinking game that was fantastic. Like if you Google <laughs> uh, "scream drinking game," it's amazing because like there are only three rules, and you will be drinking like a fish the entire movie it's like you know it's I've, every it's every time um uh uh what's her face uh neve uh, campbell uh, or cindy no uh no the uh anchor uh, uh oh courtney new, cox courtney what's cox every time courtney cox is rude to her cameraman which is <laughs> constant throughout the movie like it's fucking is that, constant is the cameraman david arquette no 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 he oh. david arquette is the is oh, the, uh, dep the deputy, deputy. yeah uh, I only remember it from Scary Movie where he's Officer Doofy reporting for TV. Yeah, Officer Doofy. Yeah, and I think they got together after that movie. Did they get um, married? Fucking crazy. Because like um, um, on Friends, like her name was changed like midway through to uh, Courtney Cox Arquette for a couple seasons. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, but there were so there were three rules. It was like every time she's rude to her cameraman, and then one of the other rules was every time another horror movie is referenced, and I'd never noticed oh, this God. before. They reference other horror movies constantly, like yeah. every single fucking scene. Somebody's yeah. talking about some other horror movie. It's it's insane. It was like the Gen X response to like Halloween sequels, right? They were like right. all like the Friday the Thirteenth sequels, and they were like you know like slasher movies are stupid nobody thinks they're scary anymore like let's just make like a tongue-in-cheek one of like kids from the 90s that are like fucking slasher movies are stupid and then like have them be thrown in the middle of it like i think yeah. that was like the whole like ethos behind it and it like yeah. worked because it was like it was more funny than it was like a horror movie i guess right and it was it was tough to convince kaylee like there aren't like there there are no jump scares and even the parts that are supposed right. to be like tongue-in-cheek scary like there's absolutely nothing scary about this movie and she actually is the first time we've ever watched a quote-unquote horror film if you can you can't even really call it that but yeah. uh it's the first time that we've watched one where she didn't cover her eyes and her ears at some point throughout the whole movie so that was a huge <laughs> success for me and now that i know that all of the sequels scream one through five are all on <laughs> i think it's paramount plus and i didn't oh, realize a... courtney oh, cox is in like all of them She's got some, like, I, I have total props for her because, like, after Friends, she could have just been, like, you know, like, I'm a star. I don't need to worry about that. Like, she kept, like, her um, uh, loyalty to that franchise because I'm sure it, like, made her, like, a big. But she's like, oh, I'm going to be in Scream 4. And she's like, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, like, that's that's pretty cool. 
Have you have you seen any of them? Any of the sequels? No, I haven't. I've seen Scream One, and I've seen a bit of like Scream Four, I think. But I know there's a new one with Jenna Ortega, and then there was one that they remade like in 2016 too. They tried to like rebrand it a couple times for like millennial and Gen Z audiences. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited because I've 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 not I've managed to not see any of them. So hey, we can always do a one guy seen it if you end up watching Scream Two. Yes, well, and that's the thing too because because the first one didn't scare Kaylee. I think I'm gonna be able to convince her to watch all of them. So yeah, we'll do some of those. Yeah, I haven't seen Scream Two, Scream Three. Any of the new ones? Yeah, I just I'm, don't understand how they're gonna possibly. I mean, it's just got to be copycat killers every single movie, right? I yeah, can't imagine like, how else they're gonna pull it off. You can't get around that. And like, I was I was watching this video where these guys are breaking down all the um, Friday the Thirteenth sequels and uh, how fucked up the lineage and like timeline of all the things gets <laughs> with with Jason and. Um, because in the first movie, it's like, I don't even think it's Jason or something like that. Or they kill him off or something like that. And then they yeah, have to find it, a don't way Don't we to... find out that it was like his mom the whole time or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> and, like, and they have to find new ways. Because I think the fifth one is like a copycat killer or something like that. Or the fourth. I can't remember. But yeah, I've never actually sat down and watched any ones past the first one. <laughs> That's okay. Well, thank you uh, for yeah. watching this piece of shit movie with me. It will for all, forever be in my heart. <laughs> We're bonded forever because of it. Yes, we are. Um, <laughs> next week, next week he will be the guy who's seen it. I can't wait. Oh yeah. Um, this is our favorite thing to do in the whole world. So follow us on the social medias that Sumner still hasn't posted on. Yeah. Although I have no room to talk, somehow I managed well, when to you... not upload the podcast. <laughs> I don't fucking understand how that happened. Yeah, well, you know, I'm looking um, right now on YouTube. It is not there. What the fuck? I'm sure whenever these people are listening to this podcast, it'll be Christmas time when we're releasing our <laughs> October. <laughs> oh yeah. Lineup. Oh yeah. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, we, we're not even. These these spooky movies won't even come out. Well, maybe we can, maybe just for Halloween we'll switch it up. For October we'll we'll drop all these as they come out. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because there's nothing there's nothing stopping us from doing that. I, I mean, maybe we we ah, well we'll talk about it later. <laughs> You've been listening to one guy's seen it. I'm Jeff. I'm Sumner. Um, and remember, all Every movies are, are better with at with least, at least one, beer. one beer. Now you say it. Now you say it. <laughs> Every movie's better with at least one beer. Every movie's better, but The Strangers is better with at least four beers. So. It has at least six. All right. Peace. Peace. One guy's seen it. The other guy hasn't. First guy's gonna tell the second guy all about it. While they both get drunk. <laughs>